The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we are talking savings, investments, and your retirement. Uh, the Max Out Savings Show is a show about savings and investments. Uh, I'm president of Max Out Savings Advisors, and we're here to help you with your retirement, with your savings, and how to build up wealth through savings, income-based savings, which is simply, and we've been talking about this for over 10 years now, over a decade, and really uh, the, the tremendous power of saving in 401k plans and other type of programs. Our philosophy is to save 10% plus the company match, gets you about 13%, and then build up the wealth over the long term. It's income-based savings, so you do it all the time. And, and what that does is is that that constant, it's, it's almost like the power of compounding with the power of, of income-based savings because it keeps building up over time. And then you get the power of compounding as well. And, and so... Houston is number four in savings in the United States. The the only I think it's Hartford, San Jose, and San Francisco. <laughs> the only other ones, and really those are much smaller towns. So for putting money in a four hundred one k programs, really uh, Houston is is the leader. And and so uh, we have we have a lot of stuff uh, which we write. It. One of the things the show has is we have our max out savings report, which is a free report which we talk about savings and investments. We talk about our outlook. Uh, we talk about some about what we th- where we think the world's going. Uh, we try to point out potential problems in, in, in savings, in investments, and different things like that. We've written about everything from common 401k mistakes to why investment banks were going to fail. We wrote about that in 2007. It was very, very controversial at the time. We laid out the case of what ultimately happened before anyone I know did. And, uh, and so we put a lot of stuff in the report. Uh, our, our most our next report's coming out shortly. We'll be having plans on how to build an ark since we live in Houston. <laughs> Just kidding, but it's been pretty amazing with the water. Uh, the you know I think our subdivision we I, we got like eight inches of rain in the last two two or three days up by the woodlands. But anyway, I made it here. Uh, it, it, it's been difficult. Uh, we've had people out part of the week because of the flooding and. But but here we are. But but by the way, if you want uh, a free copy of the Max Out Savings Report to be put on the list, it's all free. Just go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. And uh, we, we'll send you out the report. We we are writing a new one. We're going to be writing about that shortly. we got some pretty interesting things I'm going to be writing about in there. I, I try to make it a pretty uh, eclectic report with a lot of different things in there to, to help out listeners. So uh, – you know where where to start here uh today the, the you know lo- looking at, at uh I, i've got you know i've got a lot of stuff i want to talk about uh there's been a, a lot of talk this week i i tell you where i'm going to go initially is is really uh david stockman's contra corner which is uh david stockman former budget director uh released a, a set of charts actually this started at the be- be- uh, midweek when Barack Obama listed out uh, some of the the complaining that hey the economy was pretty good and uh, you, you know don't listen to these evil rascally Republicans claiming the economy wasn't good and and and, and the economy was doing well and he was fine with it well uh, David Stockman in his contra corner had a, a chart of the week the recover reco- uh, what he had was is the the recovery uh, in nine. Stock charts, and 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 I, I think uh, Donald Trump tweeted this out as well, and and it's caused a, somewhat of an uproar. But but really, it, it it really lays out the case that that the disaster the Obama administration has been for the economy. We we started in two thousand nine. The economy was was in bad shape, and 
look, this goes back to my studies of the Depression. I, 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 in the Depression, the Federal Reserve, Ben Bernanke, is the probably preeminent scholars in the Depression. And what they all figured out was is if the Federal Reserve uh, had just flooded the system with money and the Federal Reserve was too tight and therefore we had a decade of, of no financial growth. And if, if you look at some people like uh, – the Forgotten Man, uh, oh golly, her name forgets me. We've had her on the show, uh, Ash, uh, uh, Amity Schles, uh a brilliant uh, re, uh, uh, professor. Uh, I think she's on the Council for Foreign Relations. She wrote a book called The Forgotten Man, and if you look at that, if you study some other things, it's a possibility that if you really look at it, uh, Roosevelt's socialist policies basically frightened business, and, and I think that had as much to do with it. And, and what has really not been talked about about this whole financial collapse is what part did, oh, my God, we're getting a community organizer in as president of the United States have to dampening business growth in the economy in this country? And that has not been looked at. The Federal Reserve did not look at that in the 30s, and no one looked at it now. You know, people forget this market, the, the economy. Economy fell apart in late October, November. That's when people realized Obama was going to be president. Everybody blamed it on on Wall Street, but part of it was really Barack Obama. So, uh, I, I believe, and, and, and I think I think the the studies have not been fair. If you look, go read the Forgotten Man. You'll understand a, a phenomenal book. I've had her on my show. Uh, and uh, I, th- I think we were on, uh, you know, uh, and we wrote about it in the newsletter, but. But he, so Donald Trump and David Stockman sent this out, and Donald Trump picked it up. The the, the and, and what he came up with was uh, it was it was nine charts: student loans, uh, money printing, uh, food stamps, health care, medium family inequality, black inequality, federal debt, labor force participation, and home ownership. And and these nine charts shows since Barack Obama's been president, student loans have gone up. Uh, Food food stamp recipients have gone up. The federal debt has gone up. Money print has gone up. Black inequality has gone up, by the way. Health care costs have gone up. Medium family income has gone down. Home ownership has gone down. And labor force participation rate has gone down. And, and, and really, if you sit down and look at some of these slides, we realize that something has to be done. And, and that, that's the real important thing here. And, and the reason that we're looking at these charts is, look, we manage clients' retirement money. We have to sit there and watch out for that money. This is, the, this is our clients' life savings in many, many cases. Uh, and, and we're responsible. We have, so we have to sit and look at the world as it is. We, we, we want to see reality. We don't want to see an illusion created by the government, by the Democrats, by the media. We, if we don't understand reality, we cannot make good investment decisions. And this is where this comes from. In looking at some of these charts released by David Stockman, former budget director, and Donald Trump, uh, the home ownership rate has gone from 60 Seven percent to sixty four point eight percent a drop if if you look at labor force participation rates sixty five point seven percent of the American people were working uh in the, when Obama started now sixty two point seven percent three percentage point drop or five percent drop in labor force participation rate health care expenses have gone up twelve percent per capita. Which and remember, Obamacare was supposed to reduce health care costs by twenty five percent or so. They've gone up twelve. A, a unmitigated disaster in Obamacare. Medium family income, based on actual uh, two thousand fourteen, has I've seen some charts that it's gone down. Uh, the best case is it's the same as it's been, virtually the same. Student loan debt. This is our, our, our children, our children, okay? Since Barack Obama has been president, our children's debt has gone from $700 billion in student loan debt to $1.35 billion in, in, in student loan debt, a 91% increase since he's been president. Let's take a look at the, at the federal debt. The federal debt, since Barack Obama has been president, has gone from $11 billion to $19 billion dollars. A 73% increase in the federal debt it, during that time. And, and if, and if uh, Congressman Henserling out of Dallas had, and a couple other people hadn't put forth the sequestration, it would have been materially higher than that. They put one over on Obama uh, by being able to limit the growth in federal spending with the sequestration, which I think really saved 
billions or trillions of dollars in debt. I mean, I, I was wrong on that. It's it's eleven trillion. It's up to nineteen trillion dollars. And so, understand the world that we live in is 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 has not changed for the better. It, and it's time for a change. So, uh, the. The other thing is, I, I, I get a lot of people. There's a lot of angst about Donald Trump out there, and it, there's just something I, w- I really want to touch on. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine, <clears throat> actually, it's Chris Hotsey, good buddy of mine, and Chris made the point that that you know, Trump is. We've had a lot of more more populist people, but they tend to be they, they tend to be. He's similar to a general, it, and if we've had uh, a number of generals as president, we've had wa- uh, George Washington. Uh, Andrew Jackson, uh, uh, Grant, and we had Eisenhower as presidents that were generals. They weren't politicians, and they tend to do pretty well. And if you really look at Donald Trump, he's more like a general. He's got this organization going. He's built it up himself. He He's involved in Donald Trump golf courses, Donald Trump, you know, stakes or whatever. But more importantly, Donald Trump buildings. Donald Trump redevelopments, Donald Trump 60, 70-story buildings. So he's able to build things up. So he's really more like a general, and those people did pretty good. Uh, And if you look at – the other thing is people say, look, he's a reality TV star. Well, number one, that's not the case. Reality TV stars don't build 70-story buildings, okay? you got to be – oh, particularly in places like New York where it's awful darn complicated. Houston, Texas, you can pretty much slap down a building anywhere, not in not in, not in New York City. It, 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 it's a Byzantine bureaucracy you have to deal with, it, and he, he's done a good job at it. Uh, but let's take another look at this, the reality TV star. Well, who else was a TV star? Ronald Reagan, the greatest president the United States has ever had. Arnold Schwarzenegger. People forget about Arnold out in California. He was a pretty good governor. He's pretty well liked out there. So so I think a lot of people are wrong in dismissing Donald Trump as as a reality TV star that's that, that, that's going to sit there and go off the deep end. He, you know, he he's presented himself pretty well. You know, he's pretty tough on people and people feel uncomfortable about that. Uh, you know, I was really not pleased at all about some of the remarks he made about Ted Cruz, but but I think I think he would be a good president, and I think people are really misinterpreting things. And I tell you, the other reason we have Donald Trump, in my opinion, is I believe the biggest problem the United States faces today is is political correctness. It, and and let me explain why, because political correctness is being used as a weapon. By the by, the East Coast media elite, by the elites in Washington, to keep people down, to prevent free speech, prevent dissension, uh, 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 opposite political views. If they if they have opposite political views, they're racist, they're haters, they're they're bigots or whatever. Because because if you do something that you go wait, I, I disagree with that. You're a hater. You're a big that that's what you do. You you know, hey, we want to report. Uh, you know, Ted's a bigot and a racist to the to the. You know, they did that in in Nazi Germany. And these people, what they're doing is this has become a hysteria that's sweeping college campuses. The classic case is the is the kids that chalk in Donald Trump on the on the. Uh, uh, the sidewalk in, in one of the uh, universities or colleges up on the East Coast in the in the administration was the, basically, I think, tried to call out Homeland Security. It, 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 we, we've gone from a time when college campuses brought the most radical people in because it was important to get all sides of discussions and talks in, in, in all of political views to basically uh, Republicans, conservatives are haters, bigots, and aren't allowed on campuses. And the only guy, I tell you, in my opinion, the only guy of everyone we've had that's able to stand up to that has been Donald Trump, and he stood up to the press. The American people hate the press. They 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 know that the American that the press is 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 left wing. It's a, basically a republic, a democratic. Uh, they're all democrat, democratic organs. And, and and I tell you more. It's not even that. I tell you what it really is. The American innately sense that the 
press looks down on them and thinks they're a bunch of rubes in flyover country and just has contempt for the American people. And, and the one guy that can stand up to those people is Donald Trump, and we should all be very thankful for that. And I'll tell you what, if you've got any questions or comments, we're also going to be talking about the markets, about savings and in your investment, which is one of the reasons, the main reason we do the show. If you've got any questions or comments, 713-339-1070 right here on the Max Out Savings Show. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Hi, this is Sam Malone for Brinkman Roofing. Look, when it comes to protecting your family, your home, from the elements, your roof should be your top priority. Top like the roof. Brinkman Roofing is family-owned and operated, a family that has been the most trusted and reputable name in roofing for Houston, the Woodlands, Galveston, Heck, all over Southeast Texas for over 40 years. Brinkman Roofing has become synonymous with quality workmanship at a fair price. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Brinkman Roofing is a GAF Master Elite contractor and can offer warranties for workmanship for up to 25 years backed by the manufacturer. That's something less than 3% of contractors in the area can actually provide. Brinkman can install all types of roofing products such as tile, metal. They can even do solar panel shingles that can help you pay your electricity bill. Call today for a free, no-obligation estimate for your roofing needs. The number is simple, 281-480-ROOF or online, brinkmanquality.com, brinkmanquality.com. N Global U.S. Incorporated seeks a senior analyst associate level one to work in Houston, Texas to apply extensive knowledge of system hardware, operating system environment, and layered software products to manage installation and configuration of new hardware and software for companies' proprietary SCADA system. Submit resume to Lee Ann Twilly at leeannetwilly.nglobal.com. Must put job code SSAI on resume. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. I'm Hugh Hewitt. This week in the Town Hall Review, we look back on President Obama's visit to Hiroshima. Unless he is going to blame Japan for the war, the act is an act of moral equivalence. Dennis Prager weighs in, as does Michael Medved. An atom bomb was a life-saving force. Join us for our program and visit our new website at townhallreview.com. If you missed the big stories this week, you can catch up with Town Hall Review, Sunday mornings at 6 on AM 1070, The Answer. Once again, here's your host for the Max Out Savings Show, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. If you got a question or comment, give us a call. This is a live show today. Generally, it is here. We're here in Houston, Texas. This isn't a franchise operation. We're 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 here in Houston, Texas. That, that this is our home. And so, uh, if you've got any questions or comments, seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. That's seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. Interesting Friday in the market. Uh, if if you if if you sit down and look at the. Uh, uh, the 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 jobs number came out. Everyone's waiting for the jobs number. And uh, if the 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 expectations were, and there and the, this is an important number because the Federal Reserve is going to be raising rates. They thought in June or July, and uh, so everyone was watching this number closely. The expectations were one one hundred and forty thousand, one hundred and sixty thousand. They came in at thirty eight thousand, which was a complete shock to Wall Street. Uh, the market sold off uh, quite a bit over a hundred and something points initially. I think it came back and rallied up uh, near the end of the day. Uh, but but I tell you what, it, what, there was another. The dollar fell very quickly. Yeah, uh, it it stayed down. Uh, 
interest rates fell from about 1.8%, something 1.82 or 3 on the 10-year down to 1.7, which is a huge drop in, in the 10-year interest rates. And, and, and in addition, gold shot up uh, at one time over $30. The gold stocks exploded. Some gold stocks were up 10%. So it, this was a huge game changer. And, and what what people were thinking is, is the Fed was engaged in a huge in a number of interest rate uh, increases, and the economy is doing well. And now they're understanding that it really is not doing well. And the numbers were even worse if you sat down and look at it. It, 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 the, the second number came out was 5% unemployment went down to 47 which is really good. That's exciting. Only 4.7% of the people were unemployed. When Barack Obama started, it was about 9%. This is huge. But almost a half a million people left the workforce in May. I'm going to repeat that. Almost a half a million people left the workforce in May. And, and, and how they did that was is, is a lot of people retired and they made some different adjustments back and forth. And, and, and so that's what got that number down. If you look at it, they, they also adjusted the, uh, the birth and death model uh, uh, as well to create 224,000 jobs. So, so that this number was materially worse. And if they hadn't all these people left the workforce, uh, it, it would have been much, much, much worse. It, it, some of the people re- leaving the workforce, I think you're seeing more people retiring. Look, a lot of companies are laying off people. It, in, in, in some cases, the, if you've got to lay off 2 or 3 or 5% of your workforce, you go through, and if you can get a person that's close to retirement to retire, I mean, you feel a lot better about that one than having to sit there and go to the guy that's trying to raise a family and still making house payments and doesn't really have much savings and asking him to leave. And, and, and so we're seeing big drops. And, it, it, and if you look at I'm, – I'm looking at a list of 10 companies that have cut uh, jobs in, uh, for 2015. Number one was Na- National Oil Varco for 2016, 17,000 jobs. Walmart, 16,000. Slumberger, 12.5,000 jobs. That Actually, they got a really nice picture of the Slumberger building. You can see our office. Unbelievable in the picture. Uh, the Intel, down 12,000 jobs. Halliburton, 10,000 jobs. This is year-to-date. Uh, if you look at Dell, 10,000 jobs. Chevron, 75,000 jobs. Uh, the uh, uh, DuPont uh, was down 6,000 jobs. Weatherford's down 6,000 jobs. So you've seen, you've seen a number of, of, of people laying people off, uh, and, and these jobs number really came in much worse than expected. Uh, so what was the outcome of Friday? And this, this was a really – I think it was really a big game change, uh, uh, a big game changer in many ways because the, the, uh, Obama was out this week saying, hey, the economy's really good. You know, everyone's bad, but we really – we've gotten all this growth and everything. Well, it's really not. The press has been spouting off about how great the economy is, and the reason they're doing it is two things. One of them is the Federal Reserve, they, they believe a lot in expectations. So if people think things are going to get better, they'll spend more money. So you don't, they don't want to talk things down. And the second thing is this is a political election for the presidency of the United States and either the Republicans or the Democrats are going to get in. They got two distinct things. The, 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 Repub- the Democrats, it's either going to be Bernie Sanders or it's probably going to be Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden. And, and that's really up in the air right now. Uh, if if Bernie Sanders dropped out right now, I would guess that Hillary Clinton goes in there. She somehow gets indicted, and they want to put in Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, I mean, not Bernie Sanders. Excuse me, Joe Biden. I, uh, you know, Obama really doesn't like Hillary Clinton. Uh, he wants to be the uh, uh, undisputed leader of the Democratic Party, and if you get rid of Clinton, then there's no one to to challenge him. And and uh, but Bernie Sanders is coming in there. So, but Bernie's Bernie's a socialist. Hillary Clinton's pretty social, very left wing, and so is Joe Biden. And then you have Donald Trump, who's more of a free market capitalist type of person. In 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 and, and and so so you've got two distinct things. Well, if the economy is so great, then hey, we should just continue the, these democratic policies. They've done so well. We're you know, things are booming. The unemployment rates 4%. If the Republicans, they're looking at this and going, look, I mean, how is it that we only create 38,000 jobs and a half a million people are losing, uh, are, are leaving the workforce? We've lost three percentage points in home ownership under the Democrats in this country, uh, our debt skyrocketing. And, and so you've got, 
the press is trying to paint a really rosy picture, like a false picture out there. And so how this relates to your investments is you got to decide is, hey, do I think this economy is up and away and booming or am I or is this economy more like like other people, particularly uh, the, 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 the Republicans are saying it's really not that good if you dig down and look at the numbers. And, and I, think, I think what Friday's number really came out and showed was that these numbers are not that good. We've been talking about this all year that we're not seeing it. Auto sales came out this, this, this month, uh, week. They were bad. Uh, GM was down 18%. In fairness to GM, they, they, they're trying to get away from some of the fleet sales, but even the other, all the other autos were, were, were poor as well. Manufacturing PMI was down, uh, purchasing manager, the, the, uh, the retail sales have been a disaster for for companies this year. The only people that seem to be doing well is Amazon, and and so this is telling you a picture of an economy that's not doing well. And we have recessions around the world. In Brazil, we have a massive slowdown in China that they're trying to cover up. That's a that's a debt bubble. Uh, Japan is really. The Japanese, they 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 weren't going to cut. They 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 were putting in a tax increase, and they they said the only way that would not do it was to be a Lehman style situation. And either they're not going to do the tax increase, or they're delaying it now because the economy is really bad over there. So we have to understand there's two schools of thought out there. The the, the one of the school of thoughts is tends to be the more the, the economy's doing well. You just stay in the market. Everything's always good. And the other. The other school of thought is, wait a minute, if you dig down and look at these numbers, it's not good. I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to be concerned. And one of the problems you have, look, typically I've been investing for over 25 years. Let me tell you something. Typically when things are unknown, they're uncertain, the economy's not good, you, you, you look at two things. You go, well, I'm not real sure if it's a good place to be investing. I'm staying out. But then you look at things and go, well, God, you know, I can get a pretty good deal on that stock over there. I can get 5 or 6 or 10% on that bond. You know, it. You start getting kind of pulled in. Well, yeah, maybe I'll take some volatility because I'm willing to get that good deal at that price. In the world today, the stock market is at record price to sales ratio, near record cash flow, to, uh, price to cash flow. It's very expensive. Bonds are very expensive. And in that environment, that makes it very difficult. Uh, Bill Gross was out with an article to say, today saying how we pulled investment returns in in from the future to to generate today's bull market. So I think, uh, and so the expected returns are much lower and that, and he made the case why you should have higher levels of cash. And that's what we believe, by the way, for your account. Let's talk to Bill. Hello, Bill. You had a question for us. Morning, Ted. It's not so much a question. It's a comment. It's along uh-huh. the lines of what you're talking about. I can't believe that people are investing on the data coming out of this administration when everybody knows that it's nothing but lies. I, I mean, yeah. it, it's like, you know, Stanley Druckenmiller is probably the smartest investor in the world, if not one, maybe in the top five. Oh, least. absolutely. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, no, and, he, he no one's even al- close to him. He's, he's already put out the fact that that it, it's the economy is, is nothing but a web of lies and that it's not going to be long before the market calls bullshit on the Fed and everybody else. No, you can't, Bill, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay. No no swearing, period. Okay. Oh, well, I didn't say swear. I just said bug beat. Well, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, we got it. Go on from there. Bill? BS on it, and, and okay. when that happened, there's no place to go. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, well, I've got stops and I've got this and we can get out. Yeah, there's not going to be anybody buying. Yeah, no, that's the look. That's the problem. And look, one of the things that really spooks the the really sophisticated guys out there is this liquidity problem. When you get down and talk to these really big guys one on one, that's the thing that they really that spooks them is is there's just no liquidity. By by the way, uh, uh, today, yesterday, gold stocks exploded up ten percent. Heavy heavy buying. Uh, that's what Stanley Druckenmiller loves gold here, and but it just shows you there's really not when you you got to push stocks up ten percent on some news like that. Uh, there's not much liquidity out there on either side of the trade. No, but I just meant whose money was in the market yesterday to keep it from crashing? That's got to be a ton of money that just somebody burned 
because it's going to be burned. Well, yeah, it, it, if you look at it, the S&P didn't do it. It was really coming out of the Dow, which was just a few stocks they were kind of supporting up in the Dow, and you can do that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I do believe with the computer power some of these big firms have, and particularly these big hedge funds, uh, I, I believe it is very possible to to manip- manipulate the market by by run, calc- you run the program to figure out which specific stocks you can buy to put the least amount of money in to push them up to move the averages up well, the most. And the easiest well, way to do it is on the Dow. Oh yeah, it's been talked about for years now. I mean, yeah. you know, four and five years ago, people were people were you know saying it was a conspiracy theory and it was poo pooing it. But now, I mean. What is it? France and several other countries have already made moves to, to stop high-frequency trading because of that. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's killing their market. Yeah, I can tell you some stories about high-frequency trading. I won't say them on the air, but people really don't understand what's going. I, I, in my opinion, they're really front-running, is what oh, they're yeah. doing, and I, and I think it's patented legal. But let me tell you something, Bill. There's so much money being made in 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 high frequency trading by some firms out there that 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 you know that's what's that's why that's still going on because these people are making so much money out there. Well, of course, if I make a thousandth of a penny on you know ten or twenty million trades a day, I'm making a ton of money. Yeah, no, it it upsets us because look, when we're in there buying stock, we we buy we're buying institutional size for our clients, and and we want to make sure we're getting a good price for our, our our things. And what what what'll happen is is we come in there with blocks of stock to try to buy, and these guys are jumping in front of us on market uh-huh. orders. In 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 you know, uh, I, I've, I've we've invested in the market for over twenty five years, and it, it's getting pretty bad out there now. The spreads aren't as big, so you're not getting hurt as much. But you you hit the nail on the head. These guys are doing it with with a half a cent or a, or, or you know a, a, a time, but you know it, it's people go crazy about putting a financial tax of of a, of a tenth of a percent or something on 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 trades. Well, that's what this has turned into is a financial tax uh, run by these big hedge fund guys, and they are making a fortune. And I've heard some numbers from reliable sources, and I couldn't well, believe what I heard. That's why they never. That's why you know two and three years ago, Goldman Sachs and several others. They never posted losses for J.P. Morgan. They they didn't have losses for upwards of a year. Yeah, yeah. No, and I hear <laughs> I hear what you're saying there because it, it always did amaze me how some of these guys you had these markets who were just incredibly volatile and everyone was losing money out there and they weren't. You had to sort of wonder what the heck was. It. Yeah, I look. Uh, this is going to have, Wall Street's going to have to be cleaned up, and in, in, uh, it, it's been really difficult. What we've done is saddle, uh, and Jeb Henserling's coming out with the white paper next week, chairman of the Financial Services Committee out of Dallas, a great guy, an Aggie, and uh, that, to try to clean up some of these things. They've put 22,000 pages of regulations on the banks. I heard one time, uh, I was listening, and, I, and one of the guys that was on Bloomberg made the comment that, look, I could have solved the problem on, on a yellow pad of paper with a couple rules on leverage and, and give, send them out to the banks and everyone would have been fine. But, but yeah. instead, it, it's basically they've socialized the banks. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, what do you expect when you've got Democrats and lawyers you know, making, making the rules? They don't know how to write anything simple. Yeah, no, it, it's a problem in in it, but yeah, it, and it's gotten really difficult out there. And we're hearing just a lot of. Uh, and there, there was talk, by the way. And thanks for the call, Bill. We're going to have to take a break. But sure. but there was talk of uh, this week that, that 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 the Federal Reserve wants to increase capital standards even more at the banks. And uh, I, I I'm not a banking expert, but I did call the financial collapse in 2007 and said they would fail and explained it would come through their balance sheets. And I think these guys. They have excess capital as near as I can see right now. So I mean, this financial stuff is really dragging the uh, – the, the, the regulations is dragging down the banking system. And, and what, what they should be concentrating is on the trading and stuff, which is there's a lot of abuses going on. I tell you what, if you've got any questions or comments, give us a call at 713-339-1070 here on the Max Out Savings Show. It will be right back after this quick break. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Sam Malone. Summer, not that far away. 
do yourself a favor and think about installing Radiant Barrier Attic Foil to your home. Ultimate Radiant Barrier Attic Foil blocks 97% of the radiant heat. Ultimate Radiant Barrier Attic Foil installation can bring the temperatures in your attic down 30 to 40 degrees. Think about the savings on your energy bill. Think about how less work your AC will have to do this summer. They can also provide you with foam insulation and even solar fans. Ultimate Radiant Barrier Attic Foil Insulation is the best thing that you can do for your home, for your peace of mind, for your energy bill. There's no need to trap all that heat inside of your house. The owner, Mark, calls back everybody. Phenomenal customer service, years in the business. UltimateRadiantBarrier.com or call 713-805-0394. That's UltimateRadiantBarrier.com. Hi, this is Rob Piva. I'm a Navy veteran and the program director for Lone Star Veterans Association. Join me Sunday nights at 6 p.m. on AM 1070 The Answer for Lone Star Vets. On Lone Star Vets, we will take your calls live and interview successful veterans to help you successfully transition to civilian life. That's Lone Star Vets Sunday nights at 6 p.m. right here on AM 1070 The Answer and online on am1070theanswer.com or on your favorite mobile device. When you go to work in the morning, you have plenty of choices. However, only one morning show can inform and entertain you at the same time. It's the Sam Malone Show. We take issues seriously and try to put a smile on your face, too. Along with J.P. Pritchard, Chuck Tiller, and Tom Fontaine, Sam Malone covers everything from local to national news, talking with key newsmakers, getting to the truth, and letting you know what's really happening. The Sam Malone Show, weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on AM 1070, The Answer. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. We're talking savings, investments in your retirement. As always, you got any questions or comments, give us a call at 713-339-1070. One of the things, we're writing up our new Max Out Savings report, which is free. Go to the website, maxoutsavings.com, and you can also sign up for a, a meeting with me. We'll go over your financial situation and see how you're set for retirement and show you our value investing approach to the stock and bond markets. Uh, but uh, the... Uh, I. I try to add some different things on there. One thing we'll be writing a little bit about is uh, ad blocking software this this week, and I'm just going to touch base on that. We use on, on some of our, our, our uh, uh, one of our systems, particularly one I, I, I do a lot of the internet work on, is I, I've added a, uh, ad blocking software. And ad blocking software is is it's something that more people are are, be, are are using it. It's it's not really only about two percent, particularly on cell phones. Only about two percent of the of the people in the United States have uh, ad blocking uh, cell phone, uh, phones and their uh, smartphones. They do browsers and other services now in places like Indonesia? Uh, you're seeing some of them have nineteen percent. Only four point four million. 4.3 million Americans compared to 159 million Chinese people have ad blocking software. It's very popular in Asia. Uh it, but but particularly on phones most Americans don't have the ad blocking software here and on your computer you can get ad blocking software. And and there's pop-up blockers and then but there's ad blocking and here's what's happening is a lot of these groups are now adding uh they're adding 
uh, they're adding advertisements that are video onto your onto your website. So when you the video pops up and automatically runs, well, this clogs up your computer. It slows down the computers when they're running. It slows down the internet. It, it, and so, and then it's it's a bunch of racket when you're trying to sit there and just look up something. So the way to eliminate a lot of those things is to look into ad blocking software. I, I use AdBlocker Plus. You've got to go on the internet and find it. You can get, a lot of this stuff is is free, uh, but but it, it's something that what what makes this a little more important than it has in the past. I just haven't cared much about ad blo- uh, blocking ads uh, with the exception of the pop-ups, which are just irritating. But what's gotten worse and worse has really been a lot of the video stuff in, in that you need something. It's going to become more and more important to use the ad blocking uh, software it, it, with, with your computer. And so this is something to think about. We use ad blocker plus take what, let's take a, a call from Dimitri. Hello, Dimitri. Uh, yes, Pat. Uh, you mentioned the drop in home ownership over the last several years. Uh, would that indicate, obviously, people are living somewhere, so that renting has increased? Would that make real estate uh, still a good market, I mean, a good uh, investment, uh, especially for rental properties? Yeah, look, I, I think you're seeing more and more rental. Uh, a couple things that are happening is is rental property more people are moving around for jobs, so they're renting. And younger people aren't buying as much as they used to. I think they'll eventually do it, but for now they're renting. And and I think I think and the other thing that happened, the reason why home ownership drop is, is because lending standards tightened so much. They they basically were giving any anybody a loan uh, in in the past if, if to buy a house because they, particularly the Obama and actually it was really came through the Clinton administration said that really. They tried to increase home ownership, and so now they've really cut back. And a lot of people I talk to, uh, they they tell me, Ted, it's gotten much tougher to get the loans on on on, on for a house than it used. You used to be able to get a a no doc loan if you put in a certain amount of money down. And this was particularly for businessmen; they could put down maybe thirty percent or forty percent on a house, but they just didn't have all the paperwork. And and what that became no doc, no money down, no nothing. And then the the housing market blew up. We detected that at the time. And, and realize it was going to wreck Wall Street, which it did. But but now things are too tight, and so people are are they, it's having trouble. I think it's going to come back to home ownership, but for now, renting is a pretty good way. All right, thank you. Yeah, it, it's yeah, and and that's something particularly in Houston. You're seeing a lot of uh, a lot more uh, rental units going up, uh, but but I think it's going to come back more to housing. In the future, I there's there's some real there's some work out there that says the young people are going to start marrying and having kids. They're just doing it later. There's actually I think for millennials or people under under thirty, I, I forgot the exact statistics, but there was more people living in their parents' house than there were living with with you know were married or or, or had a living with their girlfriend or some type of arrangement like that, which is very unusual. Yeah, and that's that's also slowed down home ownership. But a lot of it has just been the lending. It really the tightening down uh of the uh, uh the, the, this this financial controls the Obama administration has put on has just been a disaster. And and hopefully and one of the one of the big stories. By the way, if you got a question or comment, seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. I I want to repeat a little bit what I said earlier. Is is look, uh, Congressman Hensling, Chairman of the Financial uh, 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 Affairs Committee in the House, is he's going to come out with the white paper on how to how to deregulate some of this financial system out there, particularly with some of the the lending and different problems like that are just causing massive problems. The regulation in banks has gotten so bad that. Small banks are closing all over the country because they cannot afford the compliance. And it, it's you, you sit there. I've sat in some meetings with with Jeb, and and you got these bankers going, "Look, we cannot afford this this compliance. You know, we only, we're not that big of a bank. We have to hire a huge staff, and and it's destroying the small town small bankers. It's destroying the financial system. It's destroying small financial firms. And and so hopefully we're going to get something done on this. It's the 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 Frank and Dodd bill has just been an unmitigated disaster. It led to twenty two thousand pages of of rules and regulations. They can't even understand the rules and regulations are so complicated at these banks. So it's something to think about. The other thing we wanted to look at was oil prices. Uh we had some questions on oil prices. What are they gonna do here for Houston? 
this is the OPEC meeting, and I talked about this on the Sam Malone show on Friday the, or, or Thursday. The OPEC meeting uh, fell apart without another deal. They were going to go from a production freeze to a production ceiling, and I think that was more to, to work with uh, Iran, whose production is still growing in Iraq. And and so that that oil prices sold off, and then and then the 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 numbers came out uh, for for the the horrible job numbers came out on Friday, and and it kind of put a somewhat of a floor uh, underneath oil prices because the dollar plunged, and when the dollar goes down, it helps out oil prices. I a couple things. I was I was looking at at some of the the futures curves on oil going out to 2017 and 18, and you're still looking at 52 dollar oil even out way out in late into 17. And and that's that means that the companies are hedging their production at 50 dollars, which means they're throwing a lot of oil on the market, and we still just have. Huge amounts of uh, – uh, and the reason why we've kind of backed up on oil and put some hedges for our clients on the oil uh, here at the end of the week was because the OPEC meeting broke up. And the other thing that, that happened is 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 the, the supply numbers are dropping some, but we still have over 160 million barrels of excess storage above normal in the United States. My work says we have 150 to 200 million at least minimum overseas, particularly piled up in tankers around the world, because for two reasons, there's excess production still going on, and it's it's piling into tankers. They can't raise storage much in the United States because many of these areas are close to full, so it's piling up in tankers. And the other thing that we've talked about, and we'll be writing some more about this in the Max Savings Report, is China. It, China has lent. A number of countries, including Venezuela, uh, Ecuador, Nigeria, uh, Iraq, and uh, 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 Kazakhstan, oil, uh, they've lent them money, and they wanted payback in oil. And so they had to lend them a billion dollars worth of oil. They had to maybe pay $100 million worth of oil a year for 10 years or whatever. The problem was is maybe that was – to 100,000 barrels a day at $110 a barrel. When it go, oil goes down, went down to 20, that means they had to send out 400,000 barrels a day. And these countries can't afford it. And it's just, and this is a huge problem out there. And so China's been, China's oil imports, because I, we believe because of these loans, has gone up about 20% so far this year. That can't go on for much longer. And these oil, and these energy, these countries need that that excess oil that are given to Chinese to feed their people. And look what's happening in Venezuela. The country's coming apart. People are starving. There's riots every single day in the streets. You can't even get basic foodstuffs in Venezuela. It's as bad as it was during the height of the communism where the shore store shelves were empty. And so things are going to change. Other interesting thing is Iraq came up. They didn't want to give the oil to the oil companies uh, if they came in and improved the fields. Instead, they did production they they did fixed dollar amounts. So they said, "Look, we'll give you we we'll pay you this much per year in oil." And uh, and what happened is is if they'd have just paid the oil companies in a percentage of the oil when the oil price went down, they 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 would have been in better shape. Now they have to pay two or three times as much oil because they got greedy in Iraq. So with the production sharing agreements for the fields over there, so very complex. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. The bottom line in oil is the oil price stocks have run up quite a bit in here. They're going to consolidate for a while. We believe they're going to pull back and maybe run up later. Do we have some calls coming in? Yeah. Could try to get these guys in. Uh, stick with the phones here. We'll get, we'll get you over. We're running a little short staff today because of all the floods. Uh, the... Uh, so, so I, I think oil. I think oil is kind of stabilizes right here, and then I, th- I think we, we, I, I think the oil stocks pull back some. They're still not ma- making much at a hundred dollars a barrel. They're not making as much at fifty. They're still not real profitable at fifty dollars a barrel. The difference is at least these guys can breathe a little easier, and the, and they're not going to get into at, at twenty five and thirty dollar oil. They're in financial trouble and going bankrupt. So the good news is it's starting to stabilize in Houston. Oil's gone from twenty five to fifty. It's going to probably sit here for a while and take some time as the oil industry rationalizes. I think we're going to come through this thing pretty well, but we're still in a pretty tough time right here. So this is something we're going to have to continue to watch here and uh, 
and, and see what happens. But for now, shorter term, we put some hedges on the energies. Uh, we think it pulls back a little bit short term. Tell you, we've got a call coming in from Mark. Hello, Mark. You had a question for us. Yeah, I was curious what your thought of that uh, NERP, the negative interest rate policy. And I'm hearing that there's a TERP coming out, too, as well. The, the, the TERF is the uh, – is that the, 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 the money from the helicopter money or – I'm not sure. I just recently heard about that. I've heard about NERP before, but I've never heard TERF. Yeah, tur- I, I think uh, the, 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 the TERF, I'm not sure what the TERF is, but the, the, the NERF is the negative interest rate policy or uh, that they're going to come up with NERP. And what that is is that that's where they push rates down. Europe has a negative interest rate policy. Long-term bonds are are negative in Germany and Switzerland and places like that, and short-term rates are negative in those countries, which means if I put $100,000 in the bank in Germany, I get less than $100,000 from my CD two years from now. I get less money. It's not really worked. It's not stabilized the market. Japan is also trying it. They went on a NERP policy there in in in. The, the yen went up; it did not go down, and, and it doesn't appear to be working. Japan has has tw- a twenty year policy of low, uh, close to zero interest rates, which is ZERP, and and that has not recovered the Japanese economy over the last twenty years. I believe the Federal Reserve, particularly Stanley Fisher, who is the brains, in my opinion, at the Federal Reserve, the vice chairman. I don't think he believes in in the NERP policy now. In 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 Europe, they're also trying. They they have a negative interest rate policy, and they're also buying corporate bonds and government bonds to keep rates even lower. In that, I I don't think this is going to work. I I think they're trying to kite up asset prices, and I think it's going to fail. I think the Fed is going to try to raise rates in June or July because I believe they're going to try to quote normalize rates, which means very low rates but not zero, and try to get off the zero interest rate policy. There's a very good school of thought out there, Mark, that NERP negative interest rates doesn't work in capitalism actually doesn't work with negative interest rates and 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 in that you need a certain interest rates for the capitalist system to function and so the nerp is a bad idea uh they're also talking about buying stocks japan has bought up 10% of some of the companies major companies to try to their central bank to try to stabilize the the stock market it hasn't worked these are central planning policies that are going to fail okay. good good question Thank you. Yeah, and and so and the question is going to be: Is the Fed going to raise rates? I think I I really think they should be talking about normalizing a very low rate. Look, from the 30s to the 1950s, we had very low rates in the United States, and I think we're going to repeat that unless we get a currency crisis at that point in time. Then it's very dangerous, and that's why the big concern about the 30 dollar jump in gold. Gold just exploded, and that's why you got to be real careful about that. By the way, look, you can. We, we write a lot about this stuff in our Max Out Savings Report. Go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. You can uh, set up, sign up for the free newsletter. You can also sign up for an appointment with me. I'll sit down and show you how we manage money using our risk-based value investing approach to these very turbulent markets. If you need some help, go to the website. It's maxoutsavings.com. And so I want to thank everybody for listening to the show today. And if you need some help, go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. And remember our motto, it's to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That is the key to building up wealth over the long term.